0: Cubicle Nate Noodlings recorded on the 25th of September 2019. This is my little corner of the internet where I talk about the things that tickle my nerdy nerve endings. Lineup up for you this time MX Linux 19, Pine 64, a Biddle follow up, and OpenSUSE News. This noodling is brought to you by poor spelling and bad math. Maybe a little more time as a kid watching Sesame Street instead of Transformers would have done me well. MX Linux 19 beta is out. I believe it's on beta 2. I've installed MX Linux on several machines. I was first acquainted with MX Linux in December of 2018 as part of a Biddle challenge. It was my first experience with it, and I really enjoyed how it worked. Quite literally, everything about it, I was thinking a lot about why I like MX Linux today, and so here's some of my top reasons. The simplicity of the desktop. Although my primary machine runs Plasma as my desktop of choice, and it does what I want it to do, and it feels snappy and is tuned to my preferences, XFCE accomplishes all of that, but differently. It has the right look, and it is it's rather easy to customize, although not quite to the same accessibility and ease in Plasma, but it most certainly is quite snappy. The changes in mx19 are not earth shattering and and headline popping really but but they're quite welcome they have high dpi support and, and that's of no benefit to me personally but those that have those fancy 4k monitors they will definitely benefit a visual update to mx19 is partially related to the xfce 4.14 but it's also due to just continual visual updates that mx has been given over time the opacity of the main panel by default is subtly unnoticeable and you don't have any impression that what you're using is dated or stale at all. The default wallpaper has a new freshness to it, especially when juxtaposed to the desktop panel, widgets, and floating windows. The whole package just feels right, and it feels like it's all being orchestrated by developers with vision and craftsmanship. I am an OpenSUSE guy, but there is something about MX Linux that makes me feel comfortable. Using a house analogy, OpenSUSE is the house where I do most of my living and working and eating and learning, but MX Linux is like that vacation cabin on a lake that doesn't have all the amenities that I'm used to, but still lets me unwind and have a good time with a welcome change of scene. It's really a fantastic distribution, it's a small team, and they do a great job. I highly recommend taking it for a spin. In the tech news quite a bit lately is Pine64 with their ARM-based hardware. My technical knowledge about modern hardware is fairly limited. I can understand the 6502 era machines like the Commodore 64 pretty well, as it's quite straightforward. Modern x86 architecture computers are easy to assemble and get running, as they're just giant Lego bricks, but it seems like the world of ARM-based computers has me befuddled a bit. I'm not sure if it's all messy or just still too early to put any real weight behind it, but I think Pine 64 seems to really have a pretty unified platform to target. Since I'm barely arm literate I could help but think what a great way to learn more about the hardware than to invest some time and effort into making OpenSUSE work better on the hardware it's not like the other options are not as good they're all fine choices but there's almost an ineffable quality to OpenSUSE Tumbleweed that I can only somewhat articulate I just don't get the same level of excitement from other distributions I'm very much enamored with the idea of having OpenSUSE Tumbleweed on a pine tab and pine phone all connected to the pine time which is soon to start shipping out developer kits. None of these devices are particularly powerful, but the battery life you would get on the laptop, tablet, and phone, tuned just right, could make for a spectacular user experience. Today, I have too many knowledge gaps in the wonderful tooling of OpenSUSE to be effective with a piece of Pine64 hardware. As much as having a Pinebook Pro with OpenSUSE would be, At this time, I need to put that on the back burner until I get some other things mastered. The idea of having a useful smartwatch that's not tied to some web service has such incredible value to me. Last time on Biddle, recorded on the 21st of September, 2019, we were talking about AMD and their recent shipping of hardware before it was fully baked, as it were. They'd release the hardware, and then driver updates would come later to make it useful and be able to extract the actual power out of the hardware. The utility of that decision was being discussed. Is it good? Is it bad? What were individual thoughts and opinions on it? Does it hurt or benefit a company to push things out sooner rather than waiting until it's ready? Now, going back in time, I can remember video cards in the late 90s and early 2000s suffered the same kind of irritation. I had an AMD K62 based system and I wanted to play Descent 3. So I got a better graphics card, installed it, and it was buggy. And then updates came down, made it a little bit better. I got a faster processor, but I had to update the BIOS and that was a whole nut roll in and of itself. And eventually, after months of working on it, I finally got a system quite a long time later that was able to run Descent 3 quite nicely. I don't think it was until about 2005 that I actually was able to play Descent 3 very happily on a Linux system that ran it quite well. So that game was well ahead of its time. But I do recall that irritation with things not being ready, you know, uh, the board with the processor or or a video card with the drivers. So this is not a new problem. This This is, it's been this way. I want to add, it seems like this is a common practice to push things out to meet a deadline before they're ready i personally think it's not a good idea but i understand the pushing from a business team's point of view sometimes in all fairness the engineering teams need some urgency to really hammer out a design so that they don't continually spend time improving it and the company doesn't end up making any money on it sometimes i think an eighty percent solution and acting immediately is better than a hundred percent solution to something that never arrives. What's the balance? I have no idea. This will be a continual issue of companies pushing things out too soon or not pushing them out quick enough. We I mean, have examples of both ways. So is it a problem? Does it affect my view of AMD or Intel for that matter? No, not at all. I understand. I just tend to wait a little bit longer before I end up committing to a purchase on a piece of hardware. Who am I kidding? I. I wait years before I buy any hardware, so my new hardware is everybody else's old hardware. In the OpenSUSE corner, last week was a little bit light on news, but not light on importance of package software updates. Snapshots 2019 and 2019 rolled through. Linux kernel 5.2.14 had some updates to the Ceph buffers and advanced Linux sound architecture. KDE applications 19.08.1, Krita got an update with 4.2.6, many bug fixes like lags in the move tool when using a tablet device, make the settings dialog box fit in low resolution screens, and low resolution screens in this instance is 1366 by 768. Now I don't consider that low resolution, but all right. They fixed a deadlock when using broken Wacom drivers in Linux and many 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 more bug fixes. A new feature for this version of Krita is to add a new layer from an existing layer. Never used it, but that's what's new. Intel's graphene package received an update to 1.10.0 that now uses an ancillary library called Microtest for the test suite to allow you to build and run the suite without depending on glib. Cool. Mozilla Firefox 69.0 was bundled with the Enhanced Tracking Package, as they are putting an emphasis on stronger privacy protections, and added support for multiple video codecs to make it easier for WebRTC conferencing services. Icecream received a delicious update to 1.3. This is the first I've heard of Ice Cream, so I had to look it up. It is based on distcc which takes compiled jobs from a build and distributes it among remote machines along for a parallel build. Unlike distcc, Icecream uses a central server that dynamically schedules the compiled jobs to the fastest free server. This pays off when there are multiple users on a shared pool of computers. The update improved the speed of creating compiler tarballs. This is a project built by SUSE for the whole open source community. Libvert received an update to 5.7.0 and if you haven't heard of that before, it's a C-toolkit used to interact with the virtualization capabilities of Linux. It added AppArmor abstractions as a required package for the LibVirt daemon. Some other honorable mentions are updates to GLib2, GTK3, Flatpak Builder, and VirtualBox, as they all rolled through with updates. The scores are in. Snapshot 2019 scored a moderate 72 well, Snapshot 2019 17 scored a moderate 85. I was reminded of a fun little OpenSUSE tool today. Depending on how long you've spent with OpenSUSE, you may or may not be aware of a fun little tool that lets you know the status of the various OpenSUSE systems. You can view the real-time status at status.opensUSE.org. Everything from wiki pages, software repositories, to the homepage, forums, and the build service can be monitored in the comfort of your very own cubicle. This is yet another example of the transparency of the OpenSUSE project and why I like it here. Thank you once again for burning about 11 minutes of your day on my nonsense. Tune in next time when I once again try to pretend like I have something of value to say. See yous!